The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. Believers, strap on your seatbelts because let's go for a flight on the wings of the Lion of Judah. Let's pray together worldwide for a revival that takes place within the indwelt believer. Now those of you who are used to hearing revivals being connected to going into towns and sweeping the town with salvations that are beyond what we could number, That is simply the result of actually the Lord's focus on what a true revival is. Our revival that we are talking about, we are praying about, this revival now, is a revival on on indwelt believers catching on the fact that the only way to live is to die. So revival now is really dying to live. We have a book for you. If you would like a copy of this book, please contact me at 602 292-2982 and we will make sure that you get a copy of the book Revival Now Dying to Live the whole book is about the simple principles of not I but Christ you cannot raise a dead man unless he becomes born again goes through the eye of the needle goes through the lion of Judah goes through Jesus Christ It's the only way. Those of you who are praying for your spouses that are as dead as a doorknob, if you're praying that their behavior will change so that they can love you more, so that you can have at least a minimal content relationship with them, you're wrong. That's a bad prayer. Anyone who wants an unsaved person, a dog, to act like a child of God has got some problems with their theology. If you were expecting your unsaved father or your unsaved mother or brother or sister or husband or wife or child to act like a Christian to make your life a little more convenient, you need a revival now. You need to understand there is nothing more important than receiving the very life of Jesus Christ into your mortal body, which is what the Bible calls being born again. Many of you are thinking right now as you're listening, how can I be born again if I've already gone through my mother's womb? Well, I have some very sad news for you. You're not going to get it. You can Google it. 
You can look in your Bibles. You can dig out your commentaries. There is no way you're going to understand the power of the exchanged life until the Holy Spirit decides this is your moment. You see, those Pharisees were not going to get it. Every time they heard anything about the exchanged life of being born again, a brand new life, it made them hostile. But here's our crisis, folks, those of you who are truly listening. Here's our crisis. We don't like hostility. We don't like dealing with hostile people. We don't want people upset us at us. It is the number one fear of Americans is to have our spouse, our children, our friends, our family members upset at us. So what is the price of the gospel? It is certainly one you're not willing to pay. Christ said you will suffer as I have suffered. He even said that we need to join in the fellowship. Do you know what fellowship is? It's an enjoyment of relationship. Fellowship. We are to join in on the fellowship of his sufferings. Really? We're to have relationship with suffering? True indwelt presence is experienced in the core of suffering. Any true, mature, Christ is life indwelt believer knows that. Not all of us are mature. Not all of us have grown up in the exchange life. Not all of us truly understand what it really means. So therefore, we continue to do a little Jack the Journey style, and that is to use self-effort to save people. Use self-effort to grow ourselves. Maybe we've even become good at devotionalizing Jesus Christ, which makes him external. The greatest devotions, the, the greatest devotional that I can think of is not Oswald Chambers, which is the leading devotional worldwide, even though he understood the exchange life. The greatest devotional that I have ever read is not the written Bible. The greatest devotional I have ever read is the life of my Savior on the inside of my body and mind. And the external Word of God literally bears witness with that life, which makes the external written Word absolutely valuable and priceless. Now the question is, what price are you willing to pay to tell people that if you do not have the indwelling life of Christ, you're not going to make it. How many of you are going to leave this podcast, you're going to leave this message, you're going to leave this building, and go out there and continue to deceive people to think as long as they follow Jesus, they're going to make it? Well, won't you feel a little funny on the other side, on the great time of judgment? And your wife or your son or your daughter is standing on the line that is going to be sent to hell forever. Because you bought into this emergent idea of following Jesus is going to get you the brownie points to be with Jesus. I don't want any of those brownies. The only way to the Father 
is through Jesus. And that requires a complete rebirthing process. Here's our Hebrew word for today. Refreshing. Refreshing from the Hebrew. Isn't it always interesting that we take one word, we toss it into the pictorial Hebrew, and it comes out a sentence? You know, that is one of the great ways to deceive people. It's pretty much reduce things down to a word that no longer has any meaning. Not the case with pictorial Hebrew. Each letter has a picture assigned to it. And here's what we have is refreshing is the covenant, which is Tav. And we read backwards with Hebrew. This is Tav. The covenant, Tav of the cross, that comes from the highest Resh, which is a redhead boy, comes from the highest that secures life, which is fish, Nun, through nailing Vav, it's, it's securely. Now, if that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, I just don't know what is. And that's refreshing. So in order to be truly refreshed, you've got to deal with the fact of the covenant of the cross and the highest one, Jesus Christ, who is life, who was nailed securely to the cross, could not get away from that suffering in order to give you the benefits of suffering in the core of suffering to give you new life. That's refreshing. That's our word for tonight. By revival, we mean a time of refreshing uh, from the presence of the Lord, Acts 3.19, resulting in the in the in and through renewing and great deepening of his spiritual life in the inner man of God's children. That's the indwelt ones. The reclaiming of lazy indwelts and to bring conviction to the entire body of Christ in uniting the spirit of the living God and all who possess the life of Christ from within. Then when you pray, there's power. I cannot even imagine, and the Lord is never going to give me this information, but I cannot even imagine how many prayers go up instead of in every day. Think about that. Do you pray upward? Or do you pray inward? Do you pray to a personhood inside you? Or are you a typical church follower when you're just praying to something that's wherever he is? Do you pray upward or inward? To pray inward, you're actually talking like it's a normal relationship. When you pray upwardly, you have the tendency to become very high church. Dear Lord, thy God, I call upon thy holy name to descend now upon this fellowship, revealing your holy... We have the tendency to treat him like he's some kind of detached 
I don't know what. Versus an inward talking. Lord, I'm just praying that you move within each of us. It is a complete different way of praying. One is intimate and one is very separate. Refreshing is experiencing the presence of the Lord. Being revived in that and being called out away from being a lazy, indwelt believer. Pretty simple stuff. Acts 3.19 through 21, it says, Therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Clear back when pictorial Hebrew was given to God's people. It's always been there. See, this refreshing thing is big to the Lord. He, he wants us to, to experience the refreshment of knowing his presence, not from the ceiling, not from outside your steeples. He wants you to experience the presence of fellowship from within, that he's walking with you, talking with you, without ceasing all day long throughout your entire day and evening, and even, believe it or not, as you sleep. I know that your average listener at 602-292-2982 thinks and treats Jesus Christ like he's some kind of external boss, the big man upstairs. I bear his name. I bear his character. I bear his life. I am his wife. So are you if you're indwelt. Respect is just integrated in. It's a part of your fibers. So when you have a disrespectful person to the gospel or their leaders, they're confessing something to you. When you've got to pray about being more respectful, when you've got to work at techniques to be one of the grapes on the fruit of the Spirit, you're really twisted in your theology. Don't pray for patience. 602-292-2982 Don't pray for kindness. Don't pray for self-control. He gave all those things to you on the moment of your exchange. He took your filthy, fleshly, stinky old man and put it on the cross, securely nailed it down, and stood there and waited until life bled out of it and it died. The old man has died and been crucified with Christ Jesus. It's dead. Why do you get up every morning and talk to a dead body? Yourself. Is there anything more ridiculous than that? Can you imagine someone propping a dead body up in the recliner in the morning of one of their favorite people, their beloved people, setting that dead body in that recliner and you sit in the other chair and have a conversation with them? It's called talking to yourself. It's ridiculous. One of my counselees came to me. I was speaking in Atlanta, Georgia. 
And at break time, she she came up and she said, I've got to tell you this dream. I'm like, okay. She said, I have this dream. And it just, no matter if I wake up for a couple moments, go back into the sleep, I go right back to this dream. And I'm walking down this gravel road and there's a rope tied to me. And on the other end of that rope is a dead body. And I'm dragging this dead body. And so I keep, I know that I'm supposed to bury this thing. So she goes in the ditch and she, she digs a hole and puts this dead body in this ditch and covers it up. And she walks down the gravel road and she feels this weight and she turns around and she's dragging the dead body again. She says, isn't that a little weird? I said, no, God's revealing to you that you're not reckoning yourself dead to your old nature. You're dragging it around every day, all day long. You know the knowledge of burying it. You know the knowledge of its death. You know the knowledge of the exchanged life. But you're dragging this dead body around because you know what? You're friends with yourself. You enjoy yourself. You enjoy your pleasures. You enjoy these dead things. Why would you bury it permanently? You would have to carry the new past of Jesus Christ, the new desires of Jesus Christ, the new passions of Jesus Christ. You would have to have like almost a brand new life. But what if there's people connected to that dead body, a wife, a husband, a child, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, who you kind of enjoy hanging out with, but they're dead. They're dead to Christ. Are you willing to sacrifice true victorious living so you can continue your relationship with a dead man? Something to think about. Believe it or not, we're on 131 of Identity Matters series. We are in the final revival subtopic, and this is Epic 22, talking about the refreshing presence of the Lord. God's plan for each of His children is that from the hour he or she is born of the Spirit, they should continue to grow in grace, life, and in the knowledge of the personhood of truth. What did I just say? Uh-oh. Exactly. <laughs> the personhood of truth? Now just imagine for a moment at 602, 292, 2982. Just imagine for a moment that you have a more personal relationship with words on a page. Truth. Than the personhood of Jesus Christ that is within you. The word of God that is in you. So you could behold His glory. Which means presence. You are more into having intimacy with words on a page 
It's called devotionalizing Jesus. Jesus, I oftentimes ask you, as you know, and I certainly wonder of looking worldwide at the thousands and millions of people that say that they, they know you. Truth has set them free. But all they're talking about is a book. Do they really, Jesus? Do they really know the person? Do they have knowledge to receive mind of the person of truth? Who is truth? I am the way. I am the truth. You see? He is truth. He is not words of truth that was originally given to us to bear witness with personhood. Words, personhood. Words, personhood. Go do your devotions before you go to sleep tonight. Cram Jesus into, into you like you have to educate him. Give him some, some kind of education before you sleep. Do you understand that studying to show thyself and prove that you understand the word of God is an error? Is a demonic error? We don't study to show ourselves that we can know the external word so we can use it effectively. We're to study to have the word of God bear witness with the life of Jesus Christ and in that connection of intimacy that the Holy Spirit has, and I join in on that, I get to experience the presence of the Lord. So I'm not saying don't read your Bibles before you go to bed tonight. I'm wanting you to see it's not in the Bible. It's in you. If you're indwelt. If you're not indwelt when you read the Bible, you're just reading about truth. It doesn't have spirit to bear witness. Few are actually faithful to hearing the inward calling for a great revival. Are willing to be diligent to add to their faith moral excellence and to morality his indwelling mind and to his thoughts, selfish restraints, and to those self-life restraints, manifested perseverance. And to his perseverance, his holiness. And to his holiness, his manifested kindness. And to brotherly kindness, his love. In order that they may be, not be useless. Nor unfruitful in the personhood or the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, right out of 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. So let's take a look at that passage. Those of you who are listening on your smartphone, if you just look down at your smartphone and see that little red box with a white cross in the middle of it and touch it with the tip of your finger, it'll open up to the Word of God showing you this passage. 2 Peter 1.1 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant, a volunteer slave, 
and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. Those would be fellow indwell believers of Jesus Christ. By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 says, Seeing that His divine power has granted to us, please listen to this very carefully, Seeing that His divine, holy power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, before you go to sleep tonight, I hope that you pray for more patience, more kindness, more self-restraint, etc., etc. Please call God a liar. Will you do that for me? 602-292-2982. We ask for things He's already given to us. And it's like a spoiled child asking for a snack over and over and over and over. And the parent just gave that child a magnificent meal. And they want a snack. That's what we do. We have been given everything at the moment of the great exchange. Salvation. That is done through his true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory, presence, and excellence. Verse 4 says, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of divine, holy nature, which is his indwelling having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Lust is saying I still want to find pleasure in that dead body I'm dragging around. We all do it. But there is no sustainable life in it. Verse 5 says, Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For God is love, so therefore it is, apply, God. You see, these are not things that we're supposed to say, okay, now I've got to be, I've got to be kind to my brother, I've got to be kind to my brother. No. The Holy Spirit has granted everything you need is alive and active and in you ready to be released. You see, when we sing these songs about God's love like we did tonight, we are singing about the presence of God. For God loved us. For God, God us. For God is love. See, that's what the beloved John said. For God is love. So whenever you're speaking the term God loves you, you're actually saying God gives God to you. Well, who's this God that he's giving to you? Jesus Christ. Who is God?
starts with that and ends with the exchanged life. The only way to have these things is not through self-effort in studying this passage to learn how you can apply these things, apply excellence, perseverance, and kindness, and whatever. It is to accept and allow a release of these qualities that are already in you. Revival starts with kindling afresh. So, 2 Timothy 1.6, one of my favorite little passages. For this reason I remind you, kindle afresh the gift of God that is where? That is in you. We're not talking about unsaved people here. For this reason, Timothy, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, where, where's all this power again? Just remind me real quick. It's in us. You see, there's actually full-on power, full-on strength, full-on gifting, full, whatever the Holy Spirit is, is inside this hand. It's inside this body, as well as yours. If someone is suffering with not being able to tap into the spiritual gift that has been put in them, there is no movement of God that happens through you without God going through Jesus, Jesus going through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit goes through the gift that is in you. It will not happen any other way. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, you're in serious trouble. You don't even know what needs to be rekindled. That's the revival we're talking about. And to have Paul come up and lay his hands on Timothy, at the end of our revival, we are going to have a massive praying and laying on of hands of one another to kindle afresh the gift of God that is in us. If you're already re revived, revved up, awesome. But if you are dead to the full idea of what your spiritual gift is, revival is in order. Something was going on inside Timothy. He obviously was very devoted in, and in love with Jesus and, and the message and whatever, but something was not right with Timothy. And Paul's saying, I need to come to you. This is a, a full text if you want to go read it. He, he needed to come to Timothy and lay hands on him to kindle afresh the gift of God that was already in him. So that, now the fill in the blank after that is according to what God has decided for every single believer because their gift is different. If you try to force your mission and vision and gifting onto someone else, you're causing them to step off the gold brick road. If there's no evangelist in you outside of the life of Christ, everyone evangelizes when the moment is right. But there are certain people given that gift. They love standing out on the street corner with a megaphone and calling for salvation. You see, if you force someone to do something that is not in them to do, according to this gifting, you're not understanding the water flow. God the Father, through Jesus, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. What was that that Peter said to Jesus? Where is this gift that you promised us? 
It has to come manifested through the gift. Paul understood. Paul got it. And so did Timothy. How few like Paul forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are in front of us. Press continually toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Since few are the faithful in this, a revival is needed. To revive means to restore or kindle afresh the gift within us. A renewing, a renew his release in the believer. To be called out of the lethargic existence of this lazy landlover mentality called earth, which equals discouragement ultimately. Have you ever noticed that if you're not constantly on top of things, they deteriorate? Dust, cobwebs, only takes a few days. So handling everything with excellence at the moment you're handling it, all day long, every day, is the answer. It's no different spiritually. You see, if you're not involved in actively ingesting and, and, and living out the very glory and presence of the Lord in your life, you're going to get cobwebs very quickly. You're going to have to have someone come and lay hands on you again to kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. You say, well, how come I can't lay hands on myself? Just pray in my prayer closet. It doesn't work that way. Power ignites power. It's like jumper cables. It's like going from one power source. For some reason, your battery's dying. It's not dead. It's just dying. And you clamp onto that, and that power from that one vehicle goes into the battery that's not quite dead, is revived, and the engine starts. And you drive away to your destination. How is it that we believe that with cars, but not human souls? We are really weirded out with our theology. If you are down dragging the bottom of the bell, you need to get to a spiritual leader that you know is in touch with the power of God and ask them to lay hands on you and pray over you. Not some charismatic deliverance way. Just simply to lay hands on you to kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. It has to be done this way. One of my very dear friends and exchange life teachers traveled all the way to Tennessee recently, drove up to Grace Fellowship, went in and asked the leaders of that ministry to lay hands on him before they went to China. Now most people who would look at that couple say they're the last couple that need to have hands laid on. Really? They know how it works. We forget very quickly. A genuine revival is more than an outward reformation. We've been talking about that for several weeks. It is a restoration or a release of divine life and power. And these reviving our soul is where it starts. You can't drive down the road until your motor kicks in. And you know, if you're just drained... 602-292, I can do this on the phone. 
I don't need to be there with you. I can pray with you in the Spirit. Or, or anyone can who is really in touch with the power that is in them, that their battery's charged. Call 602-292-2982 or call your pastor. Get a hold of someone and have them lay hands on you by spirit or by hands to kindle afresh what has already been given to you as a precious gift. So you're not reviving Jesus. You're, that laying on of hands is clearing out the clutter between you and Jesus. That's affecting the release of the Spirit. Time to shout out. It is not time, or should I say, is it not time, that we should shout all this out. But I've got to warn you about something. If you shout this message out, you're going to get rejection. Just think about that. That if we could contain numerically the entire world's group of people who say that they know Jesus and that they're Christians, put them in one arena if you could. And let's just shrink it on down to about 2%. Of all those people who say they know Jesus are truly indwelt. And those 2% decided to stand up and shout out the exchanged life, the indwelling need that must take place for anyone in this arena who calls themselves Christians. Do you know what would happen? I do. And some of our brothers and sisters in certain countries know exactly what's going to happen. You will be persecuted and tortured for saying that. The worst of the very worst is to accuse someone that they're not a Christian when they believe they are. The power of the message of the true gospel of Jesus Christ of truly having a born again, experience of leaving the old with and getting a brand new life and receiving the indwelling life of Jesus Christ is offensive to Christ's followers. You guys may be used to hearing this constant message that I keep putting out there in writings. And all of our writers from our ministry do the same thing. That there is a blatant difference between Christ's followers and indwelt ones who lived the life. But it will be that message that will spur on global persecution like we've never seen before. Okay, all of my prophetic revelation study type eschatology Christians, listen carefully. Some of you who are not into eschatology probably don't think about this very often. But, there's many that do. They ask themselves the questions, or maybe even the Lord, this Antichrist that's going to come, if he's not already here, hiding out somewhere, I agree with the scriptures that there's going to be a one world religion. There's going to be a one world government. 
What's that one world religion going to be called? If you're thinking right now, it's going to be Hinduism. If you're thinking, it's going to be Catholicism. You're just wanting to look at your leader of your church, whether it's little or large, and put your Pope at the top of it. It will be Christian, Christ follower. It isn't Jesus follower. The Greek definition of Christian is Christ follower. It is not Jesus Christ living inside you. I want some 602s on that one. You see, if the final world religion is going to be Christianity, and if there's already 300 plus religions that call themselves Christians, and they're dead as that doorknob back there, then that might be something to think about in your eschatology. So what would be really, for the true Christians, the true indwelt believers, what really should be that final message for the final revival to spur on this, this religious antichrist to rise up and kill me for saying it? Coming against his, his word, his name, his religious denomination. It's this message. The ones who do not have the life of Jesus Christ in them are going to that church worldwide. If you don't believe me, ask Jack the journey. That's going to be the way it's going to pan out in the end. If, if you do not agree with what I just said, could you please text me at that number what you think the world religion is going to be? I've taken a lot of the top religions and actually been able to slice and dice, reduce them down to being able to say it's impossible that they can be the world religion because of certain things they believe that will not go hand in hand with what other religions believe. The final religion has to be Pick your God. Put thumbs up. That's what it's going to have to be. Your God's okay with me. As long as you are a Christ follower, you're good to go. Hindus, Satanists, Mormons, Christians, you're all good to go. You're universally accepted by the love of God. Yeah, but what God? And is it really love? And is that love really a person? Do your reduction. It's common sense for the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit's living inside you. It will be Christianity. We cannot be lazy. We should not, for a moment, lose sight of the fact that the foundations of God in the believer need to be, need to stand secure. If the Word of God truly does live inside of us, it doesn't get any more secure than that. But are you willing to stand up for it? At the cost of losing relationships. That's what it boils down to.
The reason why social networks are working, and it is the fastest growing industry that has ever existed on this earth, knowledge is growing faster by the day, not week or year. By the day, it's multiplying so fast. Since knowledge produces grief, Ecclesiastes, can you imagine what the world is going to be like in two years? But you see, if you look at all of that knowledge, it's very universal. It doesn't really offend anyone. Well, that's what you believe, Finney. That's how it starts. Well, that's what you believe. That's your opinion. Where does the word opinion come from in Hebrew? O-pinion. What is it again? When Satan pulled his wings back, his wings were covering like a cherub. When he pulled his wings back and showed his chest is when the word pride was born. Swelled up. Pinions pulled back. Let me tell you what I believe. That's where the word opinion comes from. You're pulling your wings back going, I have something to say about that. Really? Let's build a society, an educational society based on debates. That was secure opinion in satanic church history. It isn't my opinion. It's in the scriptures. It's in, we're under his opinions. His statements of belief and truth. That is what needs to be shared and shouted out. Broken cisterns. Now, most of us are familiar with that scripture. But broken cisterns are basically assuming that you're going to go to the well and you're going to be able to drop the bucket in there and you're going to be able to pull the bucket up and there's going to be water in the well, right? But you do you realize that one drop of poison in one beautiful, refreshing well ruins the well? Or one crack in the cistern where it's pulling in bacteria from the defiled, cursed ground completely defiles the entire vessel. In, I-N-D, dash, well. The indwelling is the refreshing water of Jesus, water of life. The well, indwelling, is in us. These broken cisterns that we are told about is self-life, it's flesh. And we drop our buckets into our opinions Every day, all day long, and we pull the bucket up and we splash this onto people like our opinions are going to change people's lives. Even if they kind of sound like Jesus. They're empty. There needs to be a restart. There needs to be a revival. We're supposed to be the indwelling temple of God. We're supposed to be the well, the cistern. 
of the living water. So that people can drop their cups into our lives and drink from that fresh living water and say, where did you get this? I want it. And then they'll receive the indwelling. They too will become a temple, a cistern. That is perfect, unbroken, and full of living water. This revival should focus on saving people of God, the indwelt ones, from all of that broken cistern stuff, the unclean stuff. And this revival should be penetrating the hearts and minds of true teachers and preachers of the gospel, whether it's in schools or whether it's in homes. This revival needs to be like the great flood. It needs to just... Wash away all the defilement. All of the worldly stuff that indwell believers have attached themselves to should just wash it away. The reason why God gave us the earthly flood was to wash away the infidels, the defiled ones, the impurities and how it affected literally the earth. It too had to go through a baptism of water. And to restart Noah and his family so that you could sit in these chairs tonight. That was the greatest revival ever. And we've had several like that. And we need one more. A great washing by the Holy Spirit. Our Identity Matters statement for tonight is this last revival will make both the church, which is the body of Christ, the well of Christ, and the world, body of Satan, the well, the cistern of Satan. Both them, the body of Christ and the body of Satan, to realize the shortness of time and the importance of eternity. An unbelieving person who is in the cistern of Satan the well of Satan, can have a wake-up moment and say, this isn't working. I need something different. So to think that people are not who are in the well of Satan, the body of Satan, will not have that aha moment, then you don't understand what true evangelism is. To go from one cistern, a broken cistern, to a cistern that is perfect and will hold living water for eternity. I just find it rather fascinating to know that in the New Jerusalem that is going to be literally hovering over the Old Jerusalem, there's going to be this sparkly crystal tree that looks like glass. And out from its roots is coming what? Living water. And it's flowing through the city of Zion. It's flowing through the new Jerusalem. Guys, it's all about just a couple things. A tree, water, and transformation. 
And those who refuse this water, get in the line. Yes, that real long line that every single one of them are going to burn with refining fire that will never get conversion. How's that for hell? How's that for stiff-arming God? How's that for rejecting my son? How's that for blaspheming me, my Holy Spirit? How's that for hurting my son's bride? Torturing her endlessly, generation after generation. Cutting her head off. Burning their skin. Raping them. How's that? All those who have tempered with her immorality have raped the bride of Christ. I'll cover that in another sermon. Sexuality is the symbol of the greatest form of intimacy between Jesus Christ and his bride. Immorality started in the garden. God put clothes on them and Satan kept ripping them off. And he's done it to this very day. The culture is going to be so anti-clothes that it's going to get to the point where it will callous everyone. They are related. And it's offending the bride of his son. 602-292-2982. We need to pray for God to ignite a worldwide revival, which will bring about persecution, I'm afraid. So it will bring his judgment to light in order to shine not, shine not only on the unsaved, but also those who will escape his judgments, that's us indwelt believers, in order that we may see our duty and realize the opportunity that we have in front of us to realize that the light and life of Jesus is in us and if we release this light and life of Jesus, there will be a great revival. One like we have never seen. I know that I know we're going to see it. I know. And there are many leaders that believe this. We are going to see a revival like we have never seen before. Probably the church's final revival. So what should you do about this? Number one, if the Holy Spirit is pressing in on you to receive Jesus Christ in your life, you might want to do it now. Have your revival now. Have your rebirthing experience now. You don't need a special prayer, but there is a prayer on the PDF if you want to just look that over before you pray. That's awesome. Or if you want to just call me or someone else. But pray. Make the great exchange. Start there. Because that's where the revival needs to start. If you are indwelt, decide today to return to your first love and offer up the Lord, your earthen vessel, you, and the spiritual gift that he has put in you to do his work of ministry. And finally, I would join the Revival Now campaign. This is not benefiting all these ministries that are part of this, which is now over 2,000. It's not benefiting us. There's no money 
talked about in this. There's no, there's nothing more than the ministries that are scattered around the world say we need to unite as indwell believers and get her done. We're just trying to provide, use our, our knowledge that God has given us about the internet and all of our networks and all of our resources and we're just kind of streamlining it into a laser beam and asking everyone and anyone that we can to jump in on that. The average person who's active on the internet has a minimum of 500 friends. We have over a million. Five hundred friends and if you start getting this stuff out to those friends and encourage them to do one of these three or all of them can you imagine what's going to happen I want to take advantage of the worldly technology of what happens in one day and use it for the glory of God quickly Keep in mind to download that PDF if you want to have a prayer available that you can hand out to others. But please do not encourage anyone to get saved unless the Spirit is bore witness with you to say the Holy Spirit is touching them now. That's when you open your mouth, not before. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.